Thanks for tuning in to NL News Day. It's 3.38 here on this Friday, June the 25th. Hope you're having a fantastic afternoon and getting set for that hot, hot weekend that is descending upon us here in the not-too-distant future. Now, the big news, I think, today globally is the fact that ex-Minnesota police officer Derek Chauvin has been sentenced to 22 and a half years for the killing of George Floyd, whose death, of course, sparked a massive reckoning on race in America and really across the globe. Chauvin has been convicted of second-degree murder. The judge did not impose a sentence for convictions of third-degree murder or manslaughter. Now, the punishment fell short of the 30 years that prosecutors had requested, and with good behavior, the 45-year-old Chauvin could be paroled after serving two-thirds of a sentence or about 15 years. Now, for a little bit of context and some reaction, please to welcome back to the program now accomplished human rights lawyer from right here in Kamloops, Bill Sundu. Bill, how you doing here today? Uh, I'm doing well, trying to stay cool uh, in this hot weather, but otherwise fine. Thank yeah, you. I think we're all in the same boat on that one. All right, Bill, uh, was there anything about today's announcement, today's conviction that came as a surprise? I mean, the, the, the prosecutors are requesting 30 years. He ended up getting 22 and a half years. I mean, that's still a, a very long length of time. And this is, of course, something that everyone has been paying attention to, to see just how they're going to kind of make uh, a model, I suppose, of Chauvin. And uh, was there anything about today's sentence, I guess, that just kind of caught you off guard, or is this basically how you expected it to roll down? Uh, no, it didn't catch me off guard. Uh, I think it's notable that, you know, it is a pretty stiff sentence. Um, one of the, the complexities about law in the U.S. is every state has its own criminal laws, whereas in Canada we have uniform criminal law right through the country. So, you know, every state has a different sentencing regime. They have guidelines, and the minimum sentence here was 12 and a half years. The judge said, I'm adding 10 more years for four aggravating factors that was he said the offense involved particular cruelty he abused the power given to him as a police officer he killed um uh, george floyd with three or more other people which is a somewhat unusual law and that the murder occurred in front of minors underage persons those are considered aggravating factors uh he may be eligible for parole after 15 years on good behavior i think when it comes right down to it uh he had no prior criminal record but, you know, 22 and a half years is a very stiff sentence, and uh, I think one of the overriding factors here is general deterrence, sending a message to police officers, and respect for the law, and the core issue of abuse of power and abuse of trust placed in a police officer, law enforcement officer. Do you think that this is such a well-followed case, the fact that, you know, a lot of eyes across the world are, were watching Minnesota to see what was coming from this sentence from Peter Cahill. Do you think that has any impact? I mean, it shouldn't, but I, I'm still curious if you think, you know, just from a lawyer's point of view, if the fact that it was, you know, being watched so closely, if that uh, has any impact on the way the situation could have been handled. Well, I think the convictions themselves have huge impact because there's been a real outcry. As you said in your introduction just before the 3.30 news, you know, this was the biggest outcry against racial injustice in the U.S. in generations and globally because people felt police officers were not being adequately prosecuted. Um, I think something like only 11 non-federal police officers, including Chauvin, have been convicted for murder while on duty since 2005 and the penalties ranged anywhere from about six years and nine months to life 
with the average being about 15 years, uh, which, you know, when you converse that with how many people die, uh, particularly black people in the U.S. Uh, at the hands of police brutality or alleged brutality or misconduct, and very few have gone to trial, and even when they do, there's been mistrials or acquittals. I think the, the, the real issue was people were holding their breath thinking, is there even going to be a conviction? Once the conviction happened, though, and this is the first in the history of Minnesota for murder, um, then uh, the judge you know, had no choice to at least impose the 12 and a half years it should send a strong message to police, but I think most people are, are thinking, well, you know, th- that there still needs to be huge systemic changes as to how policing is done in the U.S. We have a, a, you know, a society that is rife with guns. We have police that are armed like military soldiers, a militarization of police, uh, and uh, this culture within police, it's us against everybody else in the world, and that has to change. And particularly for low-end offenses, you know, this was a case where it's allegedly a $20 counterfeit bill. Mm-hmm. My goodness, you know. And as the the judge also noted this wasn't a, a, a split-second thing where there was a bullet misfired or a one punch. It's nine and a half minutes of having his knee on the guy's neck while it was video recorded and, and effectively the world ended up watching. So uh, we'll see, but you know, it's, it's, it's notable that it does provide some degree of justice, I think, for George, George Floyd's family. Um, it, it shows the legal system working as it should. Um, you know, some of your listeners may recall that I was the lawyer for Robert Chikansky's mom, Zofia Sazowski, um, you know, who died at the hands of police in Vancouver Airport back in 2007. And one of the things I have said repeatedly is that it takes a special kind of person to be a police officer. You know, they're entitled to use lethal force. They can arrest people. And so we entrust them with tremendous power. And a lot of police work is done by cover of night and alleyways and dark corridors. And we have to have confidence that our, you know, our, our sons and daughters, our neighbors, if they are dealing with police, that police truly serve and protect and are going to conduct themselves properly and with restraint and reasonable measure of force as and if is necessary. But we've seen so many incidents, and I think the, the stats are something like a thousand people dying at the hands of police in the U.S. per year. I could be wrong on that figure, but I've, I've recently read that figure. So, you know, there's something really wrong there, and that's what needs to be addressed. And we have instances in this country, even in this province, mm-hmm. you know, Ian Bush uh, up in Houston, I think it was a few years ago, young fellow drinking beer outside of a hockey arena. He ends up dead with a bullet in the back of his head, you know. Um, no prosecution, no charges, but we have seen a serious questioning of police and public erosion of trust in the police and the police have to work to restore that because we do need police yeah. obviously we do yeah peace police are of course supposed to uphold the law but oftentimes it does feel like they are or can be above it and that's obviously not the the intent of what their job is description is supposed to be uh, I'm curious um do you think that this has any sort of precedence outside of Minnesota? Because you mentioned it kind of goes on a state-by-state basis when we're talking about criminal law. I would imagine this sends a pretty stiff message to police within the state of Minnesota, but does it have the same kind of context outside of that state? Does this have any trickle-down effect elsewhere, or is that difficult to say? Do, Do you have any thoughts on that? 
That's difficult to say. You've got to hope it sends a message. I mean, if, if some police officer in the U.S. is unaware of this judgment and sentence, well. they, they live in another planet, right? Uh-huh. Uh, they're not fit to be a police officer. And I would hope that from, you know, attorney generals to uh, governors, all the way down to police chiefs, that the message is clearly sent that, that you know, we have to serve and protect. And we, to do that properly, we need the trust and confidence of the public and particularly racial minorities. And we have to build those relationships instead of being hostile. And, uh, uh, but, you know, it, it, it's, it's a long, long journey. And so I think that remains to be seen, but I would hope that some type of message is sent. Now, there is a federal civil rights trial coming up for Chauvin and the other police officers. And what may flow from that, we don't know. It's interesting that Chauvin said today, you know, condolences he kept it really short he said condolences um something about acknowledging their pain but i'll have more to say Mm -hmm. and i think that's probably advised by his lawyer to be careful about the upcoming trial but you know he didn't testify in his trial his body language uh, throughout the trial and even today what the clip that i saw on cnn didn't show to me a person that's really contrite yeah. remorseful. Uh, and, you know, I just say this of 37 years in the system, um, you know, 27 of them as a defense lawyer and 10 of them as a judge. So I've sat in the judge chair as well, and I didn't see that. Well, Bill, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to provide a little context here and just kind of provide some reaction to today's sentencing. As I mentioned, I think this is the story uh, around the world here uh, on this Friday. So uh, I wanted to make sure we had some someone on to talk about it, and, and you were the first guy that came to mind. So I really appreciate you taking the time. But before I do let you go, just to switch gears here, I understand you are a hardcore Montreal Canadiens fan. So I got to say congratulations to you and your fandom because you've been waiting a long time to see your team go back to the Stanley Cup Finals. But right now... We got Game 7 tonight between Tampa Bay and the Islanders. Does it matter who they play? Are you worried about it? What, what is your, your feeling going into this Game 7 tonight? We don't control who we play. I felt right from the beginning Tampa was the team to beat, so I prefer to play the Islanders. But if it's Tampa, the way the playoffs are gone, who knows what the result will be. And I have to say this because your listeners will understand. I'm going to perform all my superstitions <laughs> and rituals, and maybe that'll work. Maybe that'll work. <laughs> Thanks so much, Bill. Appreciate the time. Stay cool this weekend if you can, and uh, enjoy the hockey game tonight as well. Thank you. Take care. Awesome Bye. stuff. There is Bill Sundu, human rights lawyer from right here in Kamloops. So, so, of course, a longtime judge as well and providing a little bit of context and reaction to today's sentencing of now former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin, 22 and a half years that he received today for the killing of George Floyd, who, of course, his death sparked a massive discussion on race in America and the role the police play uh, when it comes to you know, maybe not handling some some ra- racialized individuals the way that they should and the way that they deserve and not necessarily treating them appropriately. So my thanks to Bill for coming on and talking about that. Of course, we all know vast majority of police officers do a fantastic job and they're great people. There's always a few bad apples and we know one bad apple can spoil a whole bunch and that's sort of the... The feeling I think that a lot of people might be feeling here today as we watch this come down. But thank goodness there was justice for George Floyd. That's something that uh, you always wonder might happen when we're talking about police cases in the United States and whether anything ever actually comes of it. Well, today something finally did.